Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we go. We got a good show for you today. We're talking artificial reefs. We're talking Promar Ahi USA. We're talking all kinds of things to do with fishing, gang. So I want to thank you all for joining us today. Don't forget to grab that QR code right there and save yourself 20% on any Promar or Ahi products. Grab the QR code. We'll leave it up there for a little bit while we talk. But I want to make sure you all get that QR code. And we're going to be giving away a gift package from Promar on January 1st, 2024. And all you got to do in order to have a chance to win that gift package bag of swag is to uh, grab that QR code with your phone or your iPad or your laptop or whatever way you can grab the QR code and then visit the website promarahiusa.com promarahi.com and see all the different really cool Promar products they have to offer and just by entering the website that enters you into the contest to win that bag of swag from Promar. And uh, gang, I don't know if you watched the show last night or not. Quite a few people did. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I want to make the announcement that we talked about with Justin and Pablo last night. Me, your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen. I'm giving away $1,000 US for the biggest lobster caught either with Justin or with Pablo. You can either charter their boats and go with them, or you can have them come on your boat as a guide. And they're going to keep track. They both have a scale now. They're going to keep track. The largest lobster caught on March 20th, we're going to, excuse me, the largest lobster caught for the rest of the season, nothing before all those 10 and 12 and 13 pound lobsters that Justin caught the last couple of weeks, they don't count. Starting Friday on Justin's first open party trip since we launched the contest. One lucky person is going to win a thousand US dollars from me right out of my pocket for catching the largest lobster. And you can do that on our live trips with Justin. Hey, John Stanley, how are you? I almost got your video ready to put up on the website for your buckethead bait tanks and it's going to be incredible. So I hope you're ready to start making some. We're going to get this thing rolling for the new season. It's important to have bait. And John Stanley's demand to make you a bitch and bait tank for your small boat or your big boat, whatever. He's got you covered. But listen, back to the contest. $1,000 US right out of my pocket. Ben Motorzell directly to you. If you catch the largest lobster on an open party or charter with Justin or Pablo or on your private boat, taking them as a guide. And remember, they are they got gift certificates right now that are going to save you $700. You can buy a gift certificate to go fishing with either Justin or Pablo right now for $500. That's an incredible, incredible bargain. But that's going to be over here in a week and a half or two weeks on January 1st, 2024. No more gift certificates. 
No more lifetime membership to my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. All that's going away. Marianne, Darren, Tim, John, hello, everybody that's joining us. And we'll probably have a big audience today because everyone knows it's Pro Marahi USA Tuesday. Grab that QR code, gang. We're talking artificial reefs today. You want to pay close attention. I got a lot of cool things to tell you about. We haven't touched on it. Those of you that have seen our artificial reef shows in the past, you're going to learn a bunch of new stuff because I just learned a bunch of new stuff reading about it this morning. So don't forget, $500 gift certificate to fish with Justin or Pablo on your boat as a guide. $1,000 for the largest lobster caught this season starting Friday night on Justin's Live. And then lifetime membership to your saltwater guide. Right now, all you have to do to get your money back is live for three years and you'll be making money as a member and then don't hey jason stowe my gosh guest celebrity appearance from one of my really good friends jason stowe is watching the show today wow i feel like i finally made it to the big time my buddy jason stowe finally watching my podcast unbelievable thank you very very much i get 30 million views a month but when an old-time friend like jason jumps on here it's it's about as good as it gets for me folks but uh, the rest of you, I love all of you just the same. I've known Jason since we were little kids. So welcome, Jason, to the show. I hope I entertain you. But, gang, I'm giving away $1,000 U.S. out of my pocket. Yep, for the largest lobster caught in Southern California. Promar's giving you guys 20% till the end of the year. If you grab that QR code and enter their website and go check out all the cool things Promar has. Promar makes everything hoop net. Everything you could possibly imagine that you need hoop netting makes those bitching gloves that you see everybody wearing on on uh, Pablo's boat and on G on uh, Justin's boat when they're out there doing the live hoop net. And we're going to have two live hoop net events this week. Thursday night, Justin and his family are going out in that uh, horrible weather we're going to have. They'll be out there hooping. And then on Friday night, he we sold out the trip last night on our podcast. That's the power of your saltwater guide gang. There's my monkey running around. He's right here. I just gave him some mango and he's fired up, Mr. Marley. Are you having a good time? And then uh, the lifetime membership to your saltwater guide, $350. And on January 1st, 2024, memberships going to $29.99 a month. And the bundles are going to $200 each. So take advantage of it, gang. You're all going to be a member eventually. You're all going to get tired of sucking at fishing. And then on top of that, the community is just spectacular, right, Darren? Right, Brian? You go and you look at the community and it's just John Stanley. You're on there all the time posting. Everybody on the community is full of help. They all want to help each other to achieve your common goal to catch more fish. And the community has got zero negativity because I don't believe that we need any more negativity in the world, especially on my website. And if you were to go down the rabbit hole and look at all the negative comments on all my posts, you'd be blown away. Most of your heads would explode. You couldn't handle it. But we're doing okay. We're handling it. We're making it happen. And then, oh my gosh, we have a huge announcement. On Friday, we have the great Anthony Shea. Anthony is a phenomenal human being. He put he started War Heroes on Water, taking vets fishing. We do that event six years now. We've been doing it. I I'm one of 
one of the captains, they get to go out and hang out with the war heroes and go fishing with them. Anthony put that all together. Anthony Shea is also owner of Team Bad Company World Adventure. They're traveling all over the world, searching out thousand pound marlin and uh, surface swordfish. If you haven't checked out his social media platform, you may want to go. YouTube's probably the very best place with all the videos and everything. The Bad Company World Tour, they're traveling around the world chasing those marlin. We got the man, Anthony Shea, joining us on Friday. So don't miss that podcast. He has been in the industry for a very, very long time. Plus, he's he did some other things, but he started out working on the sport boats in Long Beach and L.A. and Newport. You're going to be blown away when you find out who the real Anthony Shea is and find out he's a self-made man and no one gave him anything. You're going to find out and hear all about it, which there's a ton of interviews out there with Anthony, but I don't think anybody's ever got into the meat and potatoes of his of his upbringing, working on the sport boats, pinhead and a deckhand and all those cool things. So we're going to talk about all that on Friday also, so it'll be fun. I promise you, you'll be entertained. But today, gang, we're talking about the artificial reef system that was put into effect and I didn't even know this, and I started doing some more research so that I had some pertinent information for everybody. The first artificial reefs were put in place in 1958 off the par- off of Paradise Cove. Can you believe that? That's how, f- and it was put together by the Fish and Wild by California Fish and Wildlife, and it it was the money's. To put these together was taken out of our fishing licenses way back then. And it was to enhance fishing in California. So the very first reef was put together in 1958. And they didn't know if it would work or not. So what they did was they placed 20 old car bodies in 50 feet of water off of Paradise Cove, not far from the Malibu shore, a few months later. Six wooden streetcars were placed in 60 feet of water, approximately one mile offshore from Redondo Beach, Palos Verdes. Now, these artificial reefs are still there and they're still holding zillions of fish. And you can find out where they are and all the availability and the right way to fish them on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. But gang, I thought it was imperative that you understood that these reefs were built for us, the fishermen, the, the the sport sport fishermen. They weren't built for the commercial guys. They weren't built so that they could lay nets around them or they could go commercial fish sand bass on or anything like that. They were built so that we had a place to fish and that we had some relief from the normal spots. So they started making artificial reefs and now there's a whole bunch of them up and down the coast. But the reason why they were able to keep it going and moving in the right direction is because they did 28 or 29 dives between May of 1958 and November of 1960 in the Paradise Cove Reef. And they were able to count 24,000 semi-resident fish with an average being around 4,200 that stay on this first artificial reef, the one off of Paradise Cove. And that was back in 1960. Do you think there's more fish now or less fish now on these artificial reefs, gang? We know the answer is more fish. The biggest problem people have, and and we I, this article is 
tremendous. And I'm going to take pieces from it here in a minute. But the biggest problem we have is most people don't even know they're there. And those, the people that do know they're there don't know the proper way to fish them. We have a whole series on the website that teaches you exactly how to fish these artificial reefs so that you can catch the resident fish that live on these artificial reefs. That is spectacular. Here's the funny thing, though. When we were in the MLP, MLPA process, when they were closing down giant pieces of the California coastline, my father, God rest his soul, sat sat up right there in the front row every day. He's, he was a huge politician, plus the owner of Dana Moore Sport Fishing, and he wanted to make sure that we kept everything open for you and me and our kids and our grandkids to fish. And the big question he was asking all the time, Wayne Cota from CCA asked this question all the time too. They took these closures and they closed parts of the ocean that we put these artificial reefs in with our fishing game licensing money and it didn't make any sense and it still doesn't make any sense today that we used all that money and all those resources and put all these beautiful artificial reefs along the California coast and then the MLPs came in and closed them because they wanted to protect these areas. These areas were built by us for us. It doesn't make any sense gang and I know I try not to get too caught up in negative stuff, but it's pretty strange to think that we spent all this money building these great habitats for fish in Southern California, and then we're not allowed to get to them. But we're still, there's plenty left to fish. John Stanley will tell you, him and Tina fish these things all the time, and they're phenomenal fishery. Phenomenal fishery. Yeah, there are some made out of cable cars, they said. There's 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 a bunch of trains up on uh up on the horseshoe. There's so many different artificial reefs out there that are absolutely mind-boggling that nobody even knows they're there. I have pretty much gone through and made a library of all the GPS numbers, and then I stopped and I explained to you exactly how to fish the artificial reefs. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today. But I wanted you all to understand that these artificial reefs weren't put out there so that people could go on a glass bottom boat and hug a tree and, and uh, eat a tomato and look at a fish. They were there, put there by us, who sport fishermen are the greatest stewards of the ocean, whether you want to believe it or not. They were put there by us, for us. Our fishing license money went to build the reefs and then now we can go and fish the reefs. And this is something that you all need to understand. They're there for us. So let's start to understand how cool it is. This fishery is right at our fingertips. And most of it is in shallow, shallow water, which as we got older and as we started to learn, it probably would have been better to put them out in 100 to 120 feet of water. It would have brought in all the pelagics. It would have brought in, it would have brought in the yellowtail. It would have the tuna, it would have brought in lots of halibut, white sea bass, all kinds of things. You could put it out in deeper water, but they were put in shallow water and they still have epic amount of fish. Like I just told you, the first one that they were studying real hard, they ended up finding out that it had 24,000 fish living on it all the time. That's crazy. 
But uh, that being said, here's what we're going to talk about is how to fish these things. Okay, Captain Dave, now you keep talking about these artificial reefs and you talk about them on your game plans all the time and you tell us that we should go there. There is nobody on my website, there is nobody connected to me that knows more about the proper way to fish these things than John and Tina Stanley. They have taken it to the next level. I told people three or four years ago, you need to have a chum bucket. You need to anchor up on the artificial reef and you need to, to get that prey density level built up in the water. Well, John and Tina, they were like, okay, Dave, we're going to do it. They went and got a um, food processor and they grind up all their extra bait, fish carcasses, whatever. John makes great chum buckets. And he gets those things going off the back of the boat and he takes his family and his granddaughter and his, his daughter and his wife and they, and they go and they fish these things and they catch 30, 40, 50, 60 fish every time they go. And then Darren, who's watching right now, he was he's heard about it from John Stanley. He's heard about it from me over and over again. He went there. What day was that? Saturday you went there? And he caught over 50 fish with his son and his son's friend. They went to the first artificial reefs, anchored up, put the chum bucket over, and then it was just full speed fish, one after the other. But what I'll promise you is if you go there, if you don't anchor, there's a pretty good chance you're not gonna catch anything. Why is anchoring so important? Well, think about this. This artificial reef was put in a spot and it's right there. And if you drift by it, you'll catch a fish. But now you're going to have to drive the boat back up and then drift over it again. And if you're chumming and you're drifting, you're really not chumming on the rock. You're chumming all over the ocean and you're just throwing food all over the place. And you're not establishing everything. If you anchor up above the rock, when I say above the artificial reef, that means if the current's going from San Diego to L.A., we're going to want to get on the east side of the, the reef, anchor up. And then when our chum goes in the water, it'll drift across that reef. And all those reef fish will come up and start feeding right behind the boat. And then we just present them with a thin strip of squid or a piece of clam. But we have to use the hook, the right size hook. We have to use the right size weight. We have to use the right size line. Everything matters. I talk about this so much on everything. And what about Devo? What about Devo? I love you, Devo, man. You've come a long ways. I'm very proud of you. I don't know what happened. Something clicked and you're you're an awesome, awesome, awesome friend again. You were an awesome friend for a very long time and then you lost your way, but you're back and I'm proud of you and I'm happy to have you as my friend and call you my friend again. There was a little time there where things weren't so good, but we're back, Devo, and we love you. But listen, gang, back to what I'm talking about. It is imperative that you fish this thing. Hey, Tim, you fish the artificial reefs. You know how many fish live there. We have so many members on here watching, and those of you that have never seen the podcast before, do me a favor. All, all the regulars, you guys share it all the time, and I appreciate that. And I love when I look and I see 20, 30, 40 shares after the show's over. It's imperative that you all share this because there's a lot of people out there that need this information. So hit that share button on Facebook and hit that share button on uh, 
on YouTube and let's get the word out to everybody. These artificial reefs were built by us for us, period. End of story. There's no other way around it. Russ Iser, God bless his soul. He built a bunch of artificial reefs too, but he built those with money he made fishing. Let's be honest, selling line and selling tickets to go on his boat and all those different things. And he took a bunch of rip rock and went out there and built, built Iser's artificial reef out in front of Long Beach or uh, Seal Beach. There's so many artificial reefs scattered all the way down, all the way down to the border. There's so many that, and they all hold tons of fish, but you got to fish them correct. You got to anchor. Well, we never anchor, Dave. Well, it sucks to be you. You don't anchor because you don't know how, and you're afraid. There's no reason to be afraid anymore, gang. I built the greatest website for fishermen on the planet Earth. There's nothing like it out there. Your saltwater guide covers every aspect. You you like to just catch big giant. I only like to catch big giant tuna cap, Dave. That's all I like to catch. I got you covered. I got you covered. I got everything you need to catch big giant tuna in Southern California. But unfortunately, most of us, like myself and Tim and John and Devo and Mike Lewis, we love to catch fish. We don't love to spend thousands of dollars on fuel driving around the ocean to catch one big giant fish that tastes like mud. And we like to catch fish that are fun. Steve, phenomenal night last night you guys had. There he is, Steve Duncan Bugman. They had a phenomenal night. Him and Rodney and, and another one of his friends were out hooping last night. Oh my God, those pictures are insane. The amount of lobsters you guys caught. Great job. Thanks for posting it on our uh, on our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok page. We really appreciate that. Steve, you guys did an awesome job last night. That was fun to see. And uh, Justin's got a couple of live trips coming up Thursday and Friday night. But back to what we were talking about, the artificial reefs. I want you all to enjoy fishing these artificial reefs. Even those of you that don't know how to fish and you only Go fish for big bluefin. The reason you only go fish for big bluefin is because you don't know how to fish. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, I know how to fish. Well, you don't enjoy it. No, I do. No, you don't. Because you only want to catch a big giant fish that you can go show a picture of to all your friends. And you're like, oh, look at the big giant fish I caught. Look at the big giant fish I caught. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to see a picture of the big giant fish you caught. I don't know why you all don't understand that. It's silly. It's absolutely crazy how Southern California has lost their ever-loving mind on fishing. There's so many of these artificial reefs that you can go catch fish winter, spring, summer, or fall. And like John Stanley says all the time, your saltwater guide made it so we can catch fish year-round. Year-round you can catch fish. Yeah, John and Tina, they went out and caught 40 Dorado. They wanted... Tina wanted to catch one. They went with Pablo and they caught 40. That's fun. But you know what's really fun? Dropping the anchor, turning on the stereo, throwing your line out and getting a bite every single time and not having to spend the whole day in a pair of binoculars driving around the ocean. And then when you get in at the end of the day, you got to take a second out on your house so that you can pay for your fuel. That sucks, gang. But most of these artificial reefs are right outside of most harbors. 
and most people drive right by them every day and they're just chucked full of phenomenal eating fish. And come January 1st, we don't have rockfish to fish for. And most people put their fishing poles away and go and start sucking their thumb and say, oh, there's nothing to catch. There's no giant bluefin. There's so many fish to catch. Watch John Stanley's post on our social media platform. Watch Mike. Watch Mike Lewis. Watch um, Darren. Watch Tim Ogilvy. Watch these guys that are into fishing and watch their post. And day in and day out, they're going to be catching fish. We can't keep sheephead. I understand. I talked about it on Let's Talk Hookup on Sunday morning. Just, you can catch them. You just can't take them. Get a nice ultralight spinning rod like you use for trout fishing. Put some six pound fluorocarbon on there. And get, get out to these artificial reefs. Fish with a small hook, thin wire, a little tiny strip of squid. Little strips. I show you exactly how to cut them up. Number two or number four hook. I know. Well, oh, those hooks are too. No, they're not. They're perfect. I've caught 40 and 50 pound bluefin on a number eight hook back in the day fishing San Clemente Island. And you remember Devo, Ray Dwayne running the Seahorse, John Haas running the Fury, Timmy Olin. Guys fishing San Clemente Island, catching bluefin on the anchor. You had to use a tiny little hook to get them to bite. It's unbelievable, gang. There's so much cool stuff to catch in Southern California that most people don't even know it's there. So you want to get out there. Nice, Arnie. Good job. You want to get out there and you want to start taking advantage of all this cool fishing that's going on in Southern California. Those of you that only like to catch tuna, what I try to tell you when you call me is you need to move. You need to move. Yeah, we'd sleep on those. We Yeah. We would do a lot of stuff on those life rafts. But, gang, it's imperative to learn how to anchor. I'm going to talk about artificial reefs, but I'm going to talk about how to anchor on them and make sure you're anchored on them right. Here we go. We got, yeah, Marley is flying around today, Arnie. He just got done eating uh, 10 mil worms and his little cup of uh, pureed uh, mango. So he's fired up. He's ready. There, there he is. Hey, Marley. He's ready for today. He's ready for the show. He's ready for his mom to rub his back. He's going to have a great afternoon. He always does. But here's how, what I would suggest. And this is what I used to do with my um, members when I used to take you guys out on your boat. And a lot of people that are watching right now remember this. We would go and we would practice. Yeah, he's ready for Christmas. We would practice anchoring in the harbor. What do you mean? Well, they have those five mile an hour buoys. They have the marker buoys. They have the big bell buoys, depending on what harbor you're in. What I try to tell everybody is go practice anchoring on those. What do you mean? Practice trying to figure out which way the wind's blowing, which way the tide's moving, or we call it current in the ocean, but in the harbor, it'll be tide. Try to figure out which way that's moving. And when the anchor hits the bottom and the boat sets, and firmly on the anchor, which way is the back of the boat going to be pointed? So what I always told people was figure out how to get that five mile an hour buoy dead center behind the boat. If you can figure out how to do that, then you'll start to understand how to anchor on spots. Most people can't do it when they can't see the buoy. But if you start learning how to do it when you can see the buoy, 
then when you get out into the big ocean, you can start to understand how your boat's going to lay when the wind's blowing out of the northwest or the wind's blowing out of the southeast. Whatever is going on, you can start to understand that anchoring is crucial to success fishing spots and artificial reefs in Southern California. The next thing is to have the, is mo the most chum you can possibly have. The more, the better. Not big giant chunks flying over the side like John Stanley does. He ain't got a food processor and he processes all their chum, puts it in buckets, puts it in their big freezer, and then takes a bucket out and goes out fishing with it. That's the best way to do the chum bucket is to have your bait frozen in the chum bucket. As it starts to thaw out, the little particles of, of uh, fish start to just sprinkle out over the water. It'd be like throwing handfuls of bird seed out in your backyard. If you think about it, you spread them out and then all of a sudden a bunch of birds are in your backyard eating. The same thing happens with the fish. You sprinkle that bait back behind or that chum from the chum bucket back behind your boat. All of a sudden you look behind your boat and here comes some mackerel and then some jack smell. Then some small calico bass, some blue perch, some sargo, some butterlip. All the fish that live on the reef are going to start to come up off the reef and start to get behind your boat because that chum is sprinkling out onto the water. That is incredible when you start to see that and you go, I had no idea there was this many fish there. That's because you haven't ever done it the proper way. If you throw a chum bucket in the water and drift by, that will never work ever. It doesn't unless you're offshore shark fishing and you want to put them in the chum slick, which nobody even knows how to do that anymore. Devo, remember we, Devo and I, Ace High, we did it every day. We had any amount, any time off at all. We were shark fishing. We shark fished his brother and uh, Steve Lasarge had the bitchinest little boat. That thing was rad. I can't even remember the name of it, but my God, what a great, We'd got shark fishing every day we could. That's when you can drift with a chum bucket. But the rest of the time, gang, you want to anchor up on these spots. And these artificial reefs are plugged full of fish. And they react very well to that chum bucket off the back of the boat. Right, John Stanley? These fish start to really react, start to get up there behind them. And then you're going to take the smallest sinker you can. You're going to want to figure out what is the smallest sinker I can use that'll still get me to the bottom, but it'll allow my bait to sink with all those particles of chum coming out of the chum bucket. So it sinks slowly with them. You want to make it to the bottom, but you don't want it to just go right straight down to the bottom because the fish don't have a chance to see it. You want it to sink in the water column. And then when it hits the bottom, bring it back up and throw it back out and let it slowly sink through the water column over and over again. If you've ever seen a fish, their mouth is in front. It's not on the bottom unless it's a shovel nose shark, a guitar fish, a leopard shark, a bat ray. Those guys kind of have like a plunger mouth on the bottom. But the fish that we want to catch, the sargo, the calico bass, the white sea bass, the sheep's head, they all, their mouth is in front of their face, out in front. That's why we want that bait to sink slowly through the water column, allowing us to have a chance to get a bite. When we go fishing, Marley, Marley, when we go fishing, we want a bite. 
more than anything. He's right here, right on the edge of the computer game. We want now he's over here. He's everywhere. But we want a bite. That's what we all want. If you watch my interview with Michael Folks when he interviewed me a couple of years ago, I told him when I only go fishing for the bite. That's my, the most important part. The rest is is uh easy. What but getting the bite is the hard part. I just want a bite. If I can get a what are you doing? If I can get a bite, then I feel like I, I'm winning. Here, look in here. Look in there. Look in there. Look in there. If I can get a bite, then I already know that I got a chance to catch a fish. But if I can't get a bite, then the chance of me catching a fish are slim and none. I got to get a bite. That's why I anchor. And I anchor all the time. When Kelly Girl and I go fishing together on our well craft up in Dana Point, there's days where I drop the anchor 10 times. And I'm the anchor winch. And I pull it 10 times. Because I know if I finally get the boat on the spot proper, I got a chance to get a bite. And if I have the night chum bucket and I have everything working in my favor, then it increases the chance of getting a bite much, much more. Hook size, super important. Okay, you can't be putting these big giant hooks on and thinking that that's going to work. You got to use a hook that's small when you're fishing these artificial reefs. I know that most of you have never fished them, but they've been fished for a very long time by a lot of people. So you want to make sure that you're doing something to trick the fish into eating your bait. So the hook's going to be important. I would never suggest using a hook bigger than a number two. I always say a number six or a number four will do the job just right. You're going to be able to hook those sheephead in that uh, membrane on the roof of their mouth, calico bass, sand bass in the corner of their mouth. And then the bigger fish, they'll usually take that hook right down inside of them and you got them. You don't really have to worry too much about their uh, their teeth. They're not going to really saw you off very often. You're only fishing normally in 25, 35 feet of water on most of these artificial reefs. Some of them are out in 60 feet of water, but then the top of the reef is probably 40 feet. And if you're not going to get bit on the bottom, remember we already talked about that. You're going to get bit in that suspension zone. But understand also when you do hook one of these fish, the very first thing they're going to do is go back to their hideout. So when they come off the reef and they come up to feed in that upper water column, every time they grab a bait, they swim back towards their house. And when they find out it doesn't have a hook in it, then they're back up feeding again. But if you ever watch them feeding, they grab the food, they head down for a minute, eat the food, then right back up into the water column, looking around, staying in that water column. So it's imperative that you make sure your bait stays in that water column. You don't want it laying on the bottom and you don't want it laying on the top. You want it somewhere between zero and the bottom. And more time it can spend in that zone, the better your chance of getting bit. That's why I always say, make sure you use a sinker appropriate to doing that. Don't put on a one ounce sinker in 40 feet of water you're not going to catch anything because your bait's going to be laying on the bottom in the middle of those rocks or whatever. You want to make sure it's suspended. I don't know what is the proper amount of weight. Every time you go, it's totally different. Hey, Pablo's here. Hey, Pablo. But you've got, to, it's super imperative that you make sure that that bait is suspended up there. So I, what I try to tell people, start out with a quarter ounce a sliding sinker, quarter ounce. I use no swivels, no beads, no three-way swivels, none of that booger eater stuff. 
no beads, no swivels. I tie my hook to the end of my floral carbon. Now I fish straight braid on all my rods. So I'm going to take a little piece, 12, 18 inches of floral carbon, tie it to my braid and then tie a hook to the end of that. No swivels. Why? That's more weight. That's another knot. That's more knots. More knots, more chance of failure, more garbage on your line, less chance of it looking natural when it sinks in the water column. If you cut those strips of squid right, when you hook them on your hook the way I show you, and that's on the website, your saltwater guide, that piece of squid as it's sinking, it's doing this, undulating it maybe, if you will, or like looks like it's swimming through the water. Those fish are going to come up and they're going to suck it in. Now, Steve, there's many times where a half ounce lead head will work, but there's more times that it won't because you're only fishing in 30, 40 feet of water. That half ounce lead head's going to fire that bait down so quick. So I say start with a quarter. If there's too much current, maybe go to a half. But if there's not a lot of current, there's many days I use an eighth of an ounce because I want to keep my bait in the water column as long as possible. That will change what you catch, gang. If, you're, if your bait's flying through the water column, you just don't have enough chance for the fish to eat it. If you follow along on our website, if you go to the community and you watch John Stanley's post or you watch Darren's post or you watch Tim Ogilvie's post and you see what these guys are doing, and you're going to be able to ask them, how much weight were you using? That's the number one question we all want to know. And it's the amount of weight is going to be um, to do with the current. Current. You didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah, okay. If you go to the artificial reef, you drop your anchor, and there's no current, your line goes straight down. You put an eighth of an ounce way down, and it goes straight down to the bottom. That, that reef's not going to bite. You need to find where there's some current. The really cool thing about most of the harbors up and down the coast is they have way more than one artificial reef right outside the mouth of the harbor. They have quite a few. So you got to find the area where, yeah, John Stanley, exactly. Isn't that amazing when you started doing that, how, how many more bites you got? That's what John's letting you guys know, the least amount you can get away with. Absolutely. Because back to what we were saying, you want to, and I'm sorry, I repeat myself a lot. I've been in this teaching how to catch fish for 48 years. And I found that repeating is what, what it's all about. You got to repeat, 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 repeat so that you get it, so that you hear it. When I was learning how to talk in public. It was like, repeat it three times. The third time it sticks in their brain. That's why I repeat so much gang, because it's imperative that when you're out there on your boat and you're going, I'm not getting bit. Oh yeah. Shh. I'm using too much weight. I forgot. That's what Dave said. Bring it down. Start to bring, get rid of all those giant weights. When you're going to go fish the artificial reefs, you don't need them. No dropper loops. No dropper loops. We're not fishing straight down under the boat. Remember I told you the artificial reef has to be off the back of the boat because the current's going to let the, all that bait, all that chum sprinkle out towards the reef. You don't want to set right on top of the artificial reef because then when you throw your line in the water, it'll be behind the reef and you won't catch anything. You got to make sure that you're anchored in front of the reef 
and then your bait slowly sinks down the water column with that current. And current is a huge factor. You could have gone to this art. I'm just sorry. Marley was over here doing some funny, cool stuff. You, the artificial reef has to have current in order to bite. You, John Stanley, you could have been at that artificial reef yesterday. You and Tina and the kids caught a whole bunch of fish. You go there today and there's no current. There's no fish. What do you mean? Well, it's just like a river or a stream. When you go and you fish that river or that stream, the easiest part of the river or the stream to fish is where there's no movement, right? You can just throw your bait there and it'll sit there all day. You won't get a bite though. The fish are out there where the current's moving. You can't even see them. They're out there in the white water and the, where the where the water's moving. But uh, the um, same thing goes with the, I'm sorry, Marley, stop it. The whole thing is that the artificial reef has to have flow. If there's no flow, all the fish are laying back in their little holes and stuff, and they're not coming out to feed. As soon as they click the switch on and the current starts to flow, all the fish come out of the reef and they know it's feeding time. They know food's going to get washed over the reef. Same with yellowtail, white sea bass. Everything has to have some type of movement. The tide has to be moving. The current has to be moving. It's important, important, important because it clicks something on in the fish's head and lets them know it's feeding time. Once it clicks it on and they know it's feeding time, then it's game on. You just have to understand how to see if the current's flowing or not. One good thing is right now there's a million lobster traps out there. So you can basically tell if the current's flowing or not without dropping your anchor. But what we have to do when we don't have all those lobster traps in the water is we basically have to drop our anchor and then find out if the current's flowing. And I, I know a lot of you have been on sport boats and you've had the captain. I've, I ran sport boats for a very long time. Family owns a handful of them up in Dana Point. And the number one thing we used to hear you all say when we'd go, hey, we've got to reset the anchor. Everybody wind them up real quick. We've got to reset the anchor. And I'd hear Mike Lewis down there on the deck talking to Jamie going, man, all we want to, I wish this guy would quit moving around. All we want to do is fish. I'd be like, no, you don't, Mike. You came with me for one reason, because you knew we were going to catch. We're not here to fish. We're here to catch. When you fish with me, we're here to catch. When you fish with your saltwater guide or when you come, become a member, you're going to start to understand all those days where you caught nothing is because you did nothing. You do nothing, nothing happens. You got to reset the anchor, reset the anchor, reset the anchor. Oh, good. Now we got East Coast guys watching far out, John Stanley. And it's the same East Coast, West Coast. Southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere, all the fish in the ocean react to the current. They all do. I don't care what your mother, sister's brother's aunt's cousin told you. All the fish are reacting to the current. When the current starts flowing, they start feeding. When the current stops, they stop. So you got to make sure you have the right size hook, the right size weight, the right size line, and then you got to learn how to anchor. If you want to be successful, if you just want to go out there and you don't want to get the boat dirty and you don't really want to kill any fish and you don't want to, you just want to go out there and enjoy yourself and not catch anything, then just tie on a big chunk of big giant four-aught um, live bait hook, 
which aren't really live beta, tie one of those on, put a piece of 50 pound uh, monofilament on it to tie it to your line and then uh, put some beads and some swivels on there and use a spark plug for a weight. You won't have to worry about them pesky fish bugging you anymore. But if you want to start catching fish and really, really, really enjoying your boat, then these artificial reefs are going to change your whole perspective of fishing. If you learn how to fish them the proper way, you're going to go, this fishing stuff is fun. Here's what's not fun. Getting on your boat, driving out into the middle of the ocean, staring into a pair of binoculars all day long, never getting to drop your anchor, never getting to turn on the stereo, never getting to enjoy your boat that you spent so much money on, and then getting to the fuel dock after a day of driving around the ocean, catching nothing because you don't have binoculars. So you spent the whole day fishing for boats and you went from one group of boats to the next. Because if you don't have a good pair of binoculars, whether you all want to admit it or not, you boat fish when you go out offshore. If you're tired of doing all that dumb stuff, learn how to fish these artificial reefs. And then once you've figured out how to fish them, then take your children and your grandchildren and your spouses and take everybody in your family out to these artificial reefs and go catch hundreds of fish. It is not that hard. Your ego makes it hard. Your buddy who's a plumber that caught a big bluefin, they make it hard. Your friends that get on your boat and spend the whole day looking for groups of boats, they make it hard. But if you're a member of your saltwater guide, and all my members will tell you, it's not that hard. It really isn't. If you follow my game plan or Justin's game plan or Pablo's game plan or Sonny's game plan, it starts to become very, very easy. There'll be a time where you won't even have to listen to my game plan anymore because you might reference it later just to see what was Dave talking about. But you're going to start to understand how the artificial reef system works. You're going to understand that when it's nice, flat, calm, beautiful days the artificial reefs fish better when there's current they fish the best all these things will start to matter you need to have a plan and start to see how it works but the last thing you want to do is try to figure out how to do all this with your friends or family on the boat because it's not going to happen they want to catch something you promised them you showed them pictures of your big bluefin that tastes like a dirt clod and you're like oh catch big giant fish and then they get on your boat and you catch nothing and they're like Huh? And you know that you really don't go out there and catch big giant bluefin every time you go. You never ever tell your friends or your family that you spent $2,000 on fuel. You stared in a pair of gyro stabilizing binoculars for 10 hours and then you didn't catch anything. How do you locate these artificial reefs? Danny, that's a great question. Are you a member of my website? That's number one. If you're a member of my website, I have them all listed and exactly how to fish them all on my website. If not, you can go down to West Marine and get one of those laminated charts with all the GPS numbers in it, and it'll tell you where they are. But what it doesn't tell you is how does the artificial reef off of Pacific Beach, how do I fish that? Where is it located? What depth is it in? All those different things. Those those, Those GPS number books that you get, they don't tell you nothing. They just give you a bunch of GPS numbers, which are useless if you don't know what to do with them. 
So you need to have some type of a guide that can show you exactly how these artificial reef systems work and what's going on in them and how they all work and how everything comes together. Yeah, Danny, but if you call me 949-374-0786, Danny, call me when the show is over. I will give you an absolutely 100% free look. It won't cost you a penny. There's a whole bunch of people on here that are members that I'll tell you, I'm not here to scam anybody. That's not me. I'm very easy to get. I'm, I'm very active on social media. I do about 50 seminars a year. I'm very easy to get a hold of, Danny. I don't want to rip you off. I want to give you an absolutely free look at the website so that you can go, hey, this is pretty rad. Or you know what? I just want to figure this shit out on my own. Uh-oh, don't cuss. All the kids in the audience get free stuff, Marley. Yes, they do. But gang, I try to make it as easy as I possibly can. And Danny, I have so much confidence in my website that I give everybody a free look. I don't want your money. I want you to 949-374-0786. I own the website. I built the website. It's got 580 how-to videos. I invited Justin and Pablo and Sonny to help with after five years. And uh, I invited them in. Now they're all part of your saltwater guide. They all help me. Listen, there's a whole bunch of websites out there. Most of them have 0, 0.0 um, information. And then the ones that do, can you get a hold of the owner? Can you give them a call? Does they does the owner of the website give his number out on social media every single day? My number's everywhere, Danny. I'm the legit. I'm the real deal, buddy. I got nothing. I'm not worried about anybody. Oh, pulling the covers back and finding out I'm not real. Been in the industry for 49 years. Family's been in the industry since 1947. Brother and sister run Dana Wharf Sport Fishing in Dana Point, California. Father, Don Hansen, look him up. He's the reason why we get to fish. He's the reason. He did so much to make sure that we kept the ocean open so we could all fish. He was a huge politician and landing owner. Ran around the world making sure we got to catch fish. Danny, we won't ever steer you wrong, buddy. I'll give you an absolute free look at the website. I want you to get in there and look at everything. I open the whole thing up for you. You go check it all out. And if it's not legit or if you want to figure it out on your own, you won't hurt my feelings. But if you don't look, you'll never know. And, and this goes for everybody that's watching, not just Danny. Danny asked the question. So that's why I'm talking to Danny right now. But everybody out there, everybody out there, you're all invited to take a free look at the bitchinest website ever made for fishermen. The number one thing that's worth every penny is the community. My gosh, the community. What do we all do anyway? I don't care who you are. First thing you do in the morning is you get on your phone. Did I get any messages? Did anybody send me anything? Is anything going on? What's going on on Instagram? What's going on on Snapchat? What's going on on we all look at our phones and want to see what's going on. Why don't you jump on the greatest fishing app ever made for fishermen? And you jump. I'm going to just show you real quick. Everybody that's watching. I'm going to show you. Yeah, I built an app. I'm a, I'm a fisherman. An app cost me almost 20,000 US dollars to build. And it costs $10,000 a year to keep the app going. 
I'm the sole owner of this whole thing, gang. I don't have any corporation behind me propping me up. It's all your saltwater guide is Dave and Kelly Hansen. We're it. We run the whole flipping thing. I answer everybody's call. Tim, when you call me, do I answer your call? John Stanley, do I answer your call? Arnie, do I answer your call? Danny, you'll be blown away. I'll, I'll talk to you. As long as you're a member, I talk to every one of my members. But look, here's the community that I wanted to show you. This is the bitchiness um, app ever made. But on the community, people are posting all day long what they're catching. They're telling you exactly not only what they're catching, Danny, but they're telling you where. Can you believe that? Where did I catch all those lobsters? You'll know exactly the spot they caught them all at, how they caught them, when they caught them, where they caught them. Dude, there's nothing out there like that. There's nothing. You're not going to find anybody that's going to share their lobster spots with you. Are you kidding me? Lobster spots? When I started fishing lobsters, taking people for a living fishing, there was no nobody that was going to tell me where to go. Nobody out there was going to give away any of their lobster spots. I had to go out there and figure this crap out on my own. And I ran a lot of trips where we caught nothing. And I took a lot of people out there and we caught nothing. And then we started to understand it and started to learn it. And I'll tell you, when I started using fresh bait to catch lobsters, that's when the whole, when I figured out the fresh bait thing, that's when the whole thing changed. If you sell good juice or whatever that bullshit spray is that you put on your bait and you think that's a great gimmick. And if you're the person making it, my hat's off to you. You're right up there with selling brown water on the corner. They call it Starbucks. That's a phenomenal idea. Spraying, spraying smelly stuff on your bait. That's a great idea. That's incredible. I can't believe, I can't believe that people bought into it, but my hat's off to you. That's a phenomenal gimmick you came up with. Fresh bait works better than any of that crap. Fresh bait works the very, very best, bar none. Fresh bait is the key. I promise, promise, promise you. We play a game, not like my good buddy Luke McFadden does, but me and Justin have played a game a few times. Will it catch? No, it doesn't catch compared to fresh sardines. It just doesn't. But these are all the cool things that you get at my website, your saltwaterguide.com game. I don't play hide the ball. I don't have some big giant words that none of us understand. I don't know the molecular structure of the twine that the hoop net's made out of. I don't know any of that sh crap. I don't know what's the proper drag pressure. If you grab the line, you pull it out and it comes out smooth and it comes out with a little force, then the drag set perfect. All that other crap is noise. It doesn't matter. Scoreboard, baby. I'll put my scoreboard up against anybody's scoreboard anytime. Mango neck. Yeah, mango neck. Yeah, there's a lot of goddamn mango on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, Jesus Christ. If you can get people to buy mango nectar to put on their bait, my hat is off. My hat is off to you. Woo, you figured it out. All that's noise, though. It's all bullshit. Uh-oh, two times in this one podcast, Dave said a naughty word. All the children that heard it, you're going to get free stuff at the Bard Hall show in Long Beach, or you're going to get free stuff. If you heard it, come see me at the PCS show. I'll give your children free stuff. I don't cuss. I don't even know why those, those two things. I get too excited, and I said the bad word twice. Gang, I'm telling you, everything else is noise. 
All you get here is truth. I don't hide the ball. I don't play fluff fluff. I don't do any of that stuff. It's all real. If they don't have any bait at the bait barge, put some of that gooch juice on a sponge, whatever. But if you're putting attractant on bait and you're going, oh, what's the attractant? Really? Come on. <laughs> Unless you're selling the crap, don't buy into the crap. Don't spray attractant on your bait. That's so ridiculous. And then they oh, it worked because it had attractant. No, it worked because you had bait. <laughs> God dang it. That is so funny. That is the funniest. I, I think it's hilarious. I really do. And I wish I came up with that. Just like I wish I came up with selling brown water at a place with a green emblem and charging you $12 for a cup of brown water that you put a ton of sugar in. And then you say, that's the greatest brown water I've ever had. <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. All I got is the best fishing website ever made with no fluff and no garbage and no big words that you can't understand and direct contact with the owner. Pretty spectacular, gang. Check out yoursaltwaterguide.com. Check out my holiday offer. I'm giving this for just a couple more weeks and then it's going to go away and the price of fishing, the price of my website's going up dramatically. Yoursaltwaterguide.com right now for $350, you can have a lifetime membership. That means you'll never get a bill from me again. Don't buy it off the website. Call me directly. I'll give you a free tour of the website. You look at it for a couple of days and then if you want it, you can buy it. I give everybody a free look before they buy. Always, always, always. I never want you buying something you don't know anything about. We have 580 plus how-to videos. We have all these podcasts on there. We have special guests coming in all the time. We got John Stan Stanley making his bait tanks now. We got Pablo, Justin, and Sonny doing guide trips. This thing's happening. It's real. It's going bananas. It's gonna. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here for all of you until uh, they start throwing the dirt on me. So check out my website, gang. Check out my great holiday deal. Check out Pablo, Justin, and Sonny's great holiday deals. You can get their phone numbers off the website. They're always on here answering all the comments, trying to make sure you're well-informed on what's going on. And they're selling gift certificates for $500 a day fishing with them on your boat, guide service. Or you can call Pablo or Justin and go with them on their boats. They got all kinds of gifts going on. Pablo and Justin will be on here answering your comments. If you have a question, Artificial Reefs Gang were built for us, by us. So let's go catch fish on them. Don't ever not fish the artificial reefs. And don't wait until the bluefin come. I only fish bluefin. Then move. It's time to move. Sell your boat and go move. Because that's not what lives in Southern California. Gang, I'll be here for you tomorrow. Probably tomorrow's going to be a late show. Probably 5 o'clock. Bill Varney's going to join us tomorrow. I'm thinking 5 o'clock because I'm going fishing again tomorrow with my good buddy, Cubby Paul. He's down here. We're taking his boss fishing tomorrow. I'm just going for moral support to make sure my good friend Kevin's okay out on the water. And I'll be on the boat. If I have good service, I'll go at noon. If I don't have good service, we'll be going at five. I'll see you tomorrow regardless. One way or another, we will all be together tomorrow. Tomorrow is text the show Wednesday. Me and Bill Varney will be answering all your questions, gang. Thank you very much for a phenomenal show today. The viewership was insane. Leave some stars. Leave some tips. I will see you all tomorrow. Thank you for all your support. 
And Danny, as soon as I'm done and I say goodbye, call me. Bye. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.